Chocolate milk all around the world. Canadian chocolate milk's the best. I'd go Danish number two. Oh. There's some good chocolate milk over there too. I can't speak on Danish chocolate milk, but I do think that we're far superior to American chocolate milk. That's true. What what's Canada best at? Chocolate milk. <laughs> Landscapes. I I think so. Yeah. It's it's a top five. For sure. Vietnam's pretty sweet though. True. I just think we have like some very varied lens we have a lot like of we, variety you can go like different places but the americans too really though because you got your rockies there as well true and then you get your grand canyon too mm. americans are pretty good for that yeah they have like full-on desert too salt flats i would say uh honey honey our honey is the best true i've been around yeah i always take honey with me when i'm going to other places are you oh yeah when i lived in like korea and norway i would bring honey with me because those their honey's no good korean honey is junk it's just sugar water you do love honey i've been to 35 ish countries canada i think is the best smelling how many countries are there uh 218 oh okay i'm not sure It, it depends on how you count but i think right around there okay I, mean, I might have just guessed. <laughs> Sorry completely. to like take that off on a different tangent. I just wondered how many you'd, how much you'd actually done. I think, although pretty racist, uh-huh. people here don't throw stuff at me. They just yell at me. Mm. They tell you to go back to a country you're not from. While in other countries, they would throw things at me. So right. we're better. We're pretty good for that too. I've had things thrown at me at sports games. Well, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's gonna happen yeah absolutely was that racially motivated no it was team motivated yeah so that's um that's different, different? yeah i'm gonna say that's different. different i think those are my things uh honey chocolate milk fresh air sky oh yeah no we have Very amazing sky, sky i didn't air. realize uh, that the sky is so different in other places because you think norway that's gonna be mm-hmm. the, the same as canada no they're it seems like everything is much lower. Your clouds are much lower in Europe than they are here. Yeah, we have, like, in the winter, even though it's minus 40 here, uh, it's this beautiful, bright, brilliant blue sky that we It get. looks photoshopped a lot yeah. of the time because we have those orange and pink sunsets as well. Yeah, as well. So I, I would agree. Sky, very, very good. Well, there's our big uh, pro-Canada preamble. <laughs> Honey, milk, and sky. We're the land of um, milk and honey and sky. True. What about food variety? We have a good food variety here, too. Uh, I disagree. Okay. We have a good variety. Yeah. Sure. I don't think we do anything specific, especially well, though. No, but I mean, like, you can go and have a different kind of food every night. True, but a lot of the world, you can do that. You're in England. You can get better Indian food in England than you can here. Oh. You can get better Indian food in Malaysia. Or Chinese food in Malaysia. There's, and then Mexican food. It's all better in the U.S. Is it? Oh sure. Then then Alberta Mexican food. Yeah. Oh, it is. I was thinking Mexico for some reason. Oh yeah. Well, if you go to the countries, yes. okay. for sure, that's okay. always the, the best spot. I don't know why that's where my brain went because clearly we weren't talking about it in the countries. Yeah. <laughs> I think we are good at doing a reasonable approximation of many different foods because we have so many cultures here. Mm-hmm. But I think we don't do anyone specifically well. Sure. I agree. Should we uh, start this episode? Oh, are we, After we did our pro-Canada propaganda? Yeah, I guess we could. Oh, okay, sure. Do you want to kick it off? I'm free. 
oh, hello there. <laughs> <laughs> well, there it is. Okay, yeah, 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 go for it. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of I Love This, You Should Too. And we're proud members of the Alberta Podcast Network, which is locally grown and community supported. I'm Samantha, and that's Indy. Uh, we are doing a pre-episode where we're going to find out what Indy is giving us for next week. So our first sponsor of the episode is Taproot Edmonton and their podcast, Bloom. Want to get a handle on Edmonton's growing innovation scene? Take a listen to Bloom, Taproot's newest podcast. Each week, hosts Karen Unland and Fazia Ramji will discuss the latest developments and efforts to solve new problems and diversity in the economy. Find out who has invented what, who is investing in whom, and what is on the horizon. Find Bloom wherever you listen to your podcasts or visit bloom.taprootedmonton.ca. So, Indy, since it's your pre-episode, what are you, uh, what's your thing of the week? My thing of the week is the American sitcom Fresh Off the Boat. So, in case you're not familiar, Fresh Off the Boat is, like I said, an American show. It ran on, I believe, ABC for six seasons from 2015 to 2020 and had a total of 116 episodes. When this first came out, I actually watched the first probably season. I think it was when I was back in Canada for just like a little bit of time and Mm. I was living with my parents and my mother and I would often watch this show together. Oh, that's fun. And it is, um, yeah, I think a really great show and... Because it's on Disney Plus, I recently rediscovered it and actually got to watch those later seasons that I didn't even know had come out. So I got to watch the full run of the show and remembered how much I liked it. (laughs) So this show is about a Taiwanese family living in Orlando in, I think it goes from about the year 95 to the year 2000. So it's a show that doesn't take place when it was airing. It is taking place kind of like in my childhood, and the main character of the show is actually very similar in age and interest to me, so that made me uh, latch onto it pretty quickly. So it takes place in the 90s back when uh, The Cosby Show and Joy Luck Club, things like that could be major Hollywood things, (laughs) and it's kind of sad that we're only getting back to allowing non-white families on tv and movies now yeah we kind of peaked in the 90s and then we're like yeah no no more of that which is odd because i think this was the uh first u.s show to feature asian americans as the main characters in over 20 years margaret show had a show in like 94 that ran for one season and then they never did it again until this one huh So it took a long time to get back to where we were in the 90s. And I think in a lot of ways, we're just trying to get back to where we were in the 90s. (laughs) I didn't realize, I watched a little bit of this with you, and I didn't realize that it wasn't like now or like five years ago when it aired originally. I thought it was like more current. That it takes place in? Yeah. It didn't seem like the 90s in the show? No. We just watched one that was all about trying to get a Tickle Me Elmo. Yeah, I guess I didn't really pinpoint what time, like, frame it was. Oh. Yeah. I found that because 
like things like uh, Wonder Years and that 70s show, those were before I was alive, so I can't really get in on the nostalgia that mm-hmm. way. But this show, there were so many events. I was like, I remember that day. I remember mm. that shirt. I remember that album. And we were watching one that had like glowworms. And I was like, oh yeah, did you have a glowworm growing up? And I loved it because there's so many things that I remember from from growing up that seems like very specific and very of the time to me. Mm. But It just felt kind of timeless to me. Oh, cool. Yeah. So it has some kind of big names. Uh, Randall Park is in it, uh, Constance Wu. And it was created by Nanachka Khan, who directed Always Be My Maybe, the movie that you liked, who, which right. also had um, Randall Park in yeah, it. Yeah, we watched it for the podcast. And Ellie Wong, right? Yes. And Ellie Wong writes on this show as well. Oh, interesting. Okay. And it is taken from the life of a real-life chef, Eddie Huang, and it's kind of his uh, autobiography, but they've changed quite a bit and made it like happy and sitcom-y. Mm, yeah. And in the first season, he's actually narrating it as well, but they kind of went away from that. And the show changes a bit because it's mostly about his character at the beginning, and then we open it up to make it really a family-based show. I do like um, the kind of family hijinks that happen in the show. Yeah. <laughs> it's like There's always something happening kind of on the side as well. And I think this one... I found uniquely relatable to me because the protagonist, Eddie, was about the same age as I was at the time. Uh, We're both children of immigrants. We were both 12-year-olds who were really into Wu-Tang and basketball (laughs) in a place where maybe not everyone else was. And then I watched this and I was like, yeah, I remember that. I remember that. Oh, yeah, these things remind me of my childhood and of my own life. And then I realized like, is this just what it's like when white people watch, like, everything else? Maybe. Can they always just be, like, see themselves in a character? Possibly, yes. That's nuts to me. <laughs> that all media you consume could be, like, relatable? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Because when one happens, I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember that, and it's such a big deal. And, like, all of the kind of immigrant stuff, because, of course, this is a Taiwanese family, so very different from my family, but the immigrant experience, I feel, is still really similar. Mm -hmm. So there's all these things, like, that you have to be three hours early for every flight, that if you're going to a movie, you better bring all your food from home. (laughs) Like, all of those things that I feel like so many different types of immigrants were like, yeah, we we know that. We all get that. (laughs) And then I think... More than just being an immigrant story, there's a lot of great themes that come up in later seasons about adults finding friendships later in life, uh, still growing as adults. They're not stock parental characters like you often get on a lot of shows. The conflict isn't coming from within the family so much. A lot of family sitcoms, it's the family fighting with each other. Mm -hmm. And this has like a bit of that, but it's always coming from like a place of love There's ideas about accepting children for who they are and eventually learning to celebrate that. And it's also about these pressures that parents put on children and the pressures of the children of immigrants to excel and to fit in. And above all that, I think it's just funny. I think it's not um, mean-spirited or at someone's expense, but it's still also not schmaltzy or saccharine. They have a few like more absurdist throwaway jokes, which I always really like. It gets silly, but it's not so out there that it's still not um, based in reality and is able to deliver like a realistic depiction of life. And then there's a lot of really fun through lines and payoffs in the final season. I feel like the final season 
does a good job of wrapping up a lot of those themes. And because it starts out with uh, these three children, the oldest of which is probably like 11 or so at the beginning, and we get to see them go through six years, you get to see these kids grow up quite literally on the show. And that's uh, really fun fun too. And I think this is a good family watch. I feel like Mm -hmm. a lot of shows that are for the family, when they feel like, well, we need something to keep the adults engaged, so we need to make thinly veiled sexual innuendo Mm -hmm. is seemingly where they usually go. And this doesn't do that. Rather, it just gives you some like fun, straight up comedy. Mm -hmm. One thing I like about the show is that the episodes kind of stand alone a little bit. Yeah, definitely. I feel like anyone stands alone. But I think more than in most sitcoms, you do get the growth of characters building Mm -hmm. upon things. The characters do develop over time. It's not just a complete reset at the beginning of each episode. They do stand alone, and you rarely need to know what's going on to watch one episode. Sometimes in the season finales, they'll kind of do something that's bigger. But for the most part, yeah, they're all standalones. But I think it is unique relative to other sitcoms because those characters do grow from season to season. It's not just them doing the same bits over and over again. So if you're looking for something to watch that is just light and fun, I would recommend this. I think the comedy does hold up quite well. But if you are looking for something to watch with your family, if you have younger kids and you want to put on something that's still entertaining to you because Mm -hmm. there's just well-written comedy and some good character development, but you don't want something that is going to... Be too adult. (laughs) Be too adult or have like crude humor, it doesn't really get into any of that territory. The adult humor is just because it's more complex and well-written rather than like, hey, sex. Yeah. Because that's not really a joke. No. (laughs) (laughs) So I'd recommend watching Fresh Off the Boat. You have a hundred episodes, so six seasons. The first season is a little different than the rest, but I still think it is quite good. And it really develops into what it is in seasons two and three. But I think all of them pretty solid. So go check out Fresh Off the Boat. You can watch it all on Disney+. Plus. All right, Samantha, what is your thing of the week? Uh, My thing of the week is a book. Big surprise. Mm -hmm. Everyone is shocked. Um, It's called The Club. It's by Ellery Lloyd, which is a pen name for a husband and wife team. Um, I had not read any of their books before. Um, They've written two books together. And The Club is a murder mystery set in the secretive world of exclusive celebrity clubs. So it's got kind of a vacation feel to it, um, as well as I found it kind of relatable because I worked in a hotel for a little bit um, and you get some of these like outlandish requests, but they're kind of like hyper outlandish because these people are celebrities and they're used to traveling a certain way. Um, and, uh, you get lots of really cool insight about kind of hospitality and famous people. So, um, it's a murder mystery, uh, the book starts out with a murder, um, and then you kind of work your way backwards, um, and you can kind of see it all unravel before your eyes as you're reading. So you read quite a few contemporary murder mysteries, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Do you feel like this is a, just a good example of what often happens, or does this one stand out in any unique way? Um, I'd say this one is a good example of that kind of genre with the, like, twisty kind of thriller feel. Um, you never really know who it is until the end of the book. Um, there's a lot of, um, kind of little pockets of drama happening that are kind of unrelated to the actual main story and you don't really realize that until the end so I found myself going from like one person to the next and being like oh well clearly that's the murderer and clearly this is the murderer oh this is what happened or and then as those pockets kind of are shown to be just kind of unrelated it's kind of fun it keeps you on your toes do you get real celebrities in it no, these are all made-up celebrities. Um, the club is called Island Home, um, which I think is kind of like, do you know Soho House? No. Okay, so Soho House, it's it's like a club, but also a hotel, and you have to be a member to go. Um, and I think it's quite expensive. Um, and they have Soho houses kind of all over the world. Um, so if you're a member of Soho House, you can travel and stay wherever you're going if there's a Soho house there. Um, so this is called the Home Group. And um, you're staying at Island Home, which is like a brand new resort that's opening the weekend of the murder and um it's like ultra vip people who are coming for the opening um and it's one of those places where you have to like surrender your phone and everyone who works there signs like confidentiality agreements and that kind of thing so people are feeling very like safe i guess the famous people so you get a lot of people who are like really letting loose at this party and uh, it was it, kind of interesting to see how a, a company like this would operate. So who's the murderer? I can't tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, I can't tell you that. And this was another listen? This is another listen, How yeah. was the narration? Uh, it was good. Uh, it was, um, I don't know, I feel like I always say, like, the more nondescript it is, the better it is. Like, it's, it was pretty neutral. Um, and it didn't take away from the actual storyline. So I recommend reading The Club by Ellery Lloyd. I could see that either being super fun or super difficult to write a novel with someone. Yeah, I don't know how like a husband and wife team would do that. Maybe one did most of the writing and they just kind of came up with the story. Together? Maybe, because I've written scripts with someone, and mm -hmm. for whatever reason, I find that process to be a lot of fun, but every like short story I've written, of course, it's only just been yeah. myself, and I think that would be terrible to do with somebody, mm -hmm. but scripts I like doing with someone, because like then it's a movie, and a movie itself is more collaborative, right? It's not just a one person's thing, so having a, a screenplay with multiple people on it seems easier than a novel. Yeah, I think... I can kind of see where they're coming from with this one. So the wife is a journalist and an editor, and she used to write for LUK um, and actually worked for Soho House. I'm just reading this now. Um, and the husband is a previous author. So maybe they were able to kind of come together and write this because they have kind of knowledge from two different parts of writing a book like this so that makes sense yeah so i thought it was really interesting um and uh 
I would definitely recommend it if you like other books that I've recommended. All right, let's hear from our next sponsor, the Alberta Podcast Network, which we are a part of. And let's hear from one of our other shows. Have you ever watched a movie and there was an actor in it that was all wrong for the part they were playing? Have you ever wanted to imagine someone else in the role? Never fear. That's precisely why repodcasting exists. Listen as co-hosts and cousins Janet and Lucia recast their favorite and not-so-favorite movies with their dream cast. They also take a moment each episode to imagine which role in the film should have been given to Tony Danza, because, let's face it, Tony Danza would make every movie better. You can find repodcasting wherever you listen to podcasts or at albertapodcastnetwork.com. Happy listening! Okay, well, uh, now that we know our things of the week, Indy, what are we watching for next week? All right, so this is my last pick of this season. Mm -hmm. And you know how saying we're going to do our work, so let's get to work. Uh Uh-oh. So So much work. It's been this long. It's been almost 200 episodes. And right from the beginning, I kept saying, like, well, my favorite era of filmmaking is the Weimar Republic of Germany. Uh-huh. And that interwar period and those silent films of like the 19 teens right through the 1930s. Right. And we haven't watched any of them. No, we haven't. And in my mind, in my personal opinion, the big three are Cabinet of Dr. Caligari, which mm-hmm. is my favorite and one of my probably top five favorite movies ever. I've heard you mention it. Uh, Nosferatu. Uh-huh. And Metropolis. Okay. And I was going to pick Metropolis, and then I was like, ooh, is Metropolis like a three-hour silent movie? <laughs> I feel like Sam will fight me. <laughs> so instead, we are going to watch I Just Missed It's 100th Birthday. I wanted to get it in before the new year, but, oh. you know, we had other stuff going on. Well, it's in honor of its 100th birthday. The 1922 German expressionist horror classic, Nosferatu, oh. a symphony of horror. Ooh, okay. I'm ex- I'm interested. I'm intrigued. And also, this year, its copyright has finally lapsed because it's a hundred years old. Oh. So now it is public domain, and it is free to watch on YouTube and many other places. So I'll put a link in the show notes if uh-huh. you want to watch it that way. <laughs> there are slightly different versions. It goes anywhere from like an eighty-minute cut to like a ninety-five five-ish minute cut i think so it's not a long one we are going to watch the criterion collection blu-ray because of course course we are (laughs) of course we are but even if you're watching the free youtube version you're getting essentially the same thing Mm -hmm. there might be things that are a little bit different i think sometimes they don't do the tinting because it's a black and white movie but uh nighttime scenes will be tinted blue and Mm -hmm. that makes a difference in my opinion so you can like tell yeah, because or else it seems too bright. Right. Right? And when it's all tinted blue, you're like, oh, it's nighttime now. And right. that makes sense because it's a vampire movie. Right. So if you don't know, uh, Nosferatu is a German film, again, from 1922 <laughs> by F.W. Murnau. And it has uh, Max Schreck as Count Orlock, who is essentially Count Dracula. And it is based on Bram Stoker's Dracula And the names were changed trying to get around any copyright infringement, but it was sued by Stoker's estate, and that's like a whole thing. But we don't need to get into that now. But it's essentially a 
retelling of a the classic Dracula story, mm-hmm. and it has a vampire in it. And I think it's really important because of all... You know how I just love my German expressionism. I'm yes. not going to go on about why that's <laughs> so important now, but... The shorthand version is it created a lot of the things that we now take as granted as that's what a horror movie is. Right. That had to start somewhere, and it started in things like Cabinet of Dr. Caligari and Nosferatu, which came out just a couple years after. And I know it's going to be a hard sell. <laughs> I get people who try to watch the movies we talk about probably don't want to watch a silent movie. Mm-hmm. And I don't know a good way to convince you instead of saying like, no, you should. <laughs> just, just give it a shot. I'm excited to try something new. Yeah, just give it a shot. If you like um, smoking a joint, do that. Watch this. If you like having uh, some wine, why not have oh, wine? And I do love watch wine. Nosferatu. Okay. It's not very long. It is going to be a bit slower paced than a lot of movies because mm-hmm. it's it's a hundred years old, right? You know. So, but I think it is fun and enjoyable. Not just in its historical aspect, because like like Citizen Kane, there was a lot of things we talked about like, ooh, this is impressive because they're the first ones to do it. They Mm -hmm. created this. But past all of that, I think that's just a good story. Same with this. Mm -hmm. And I think the things that they created, they're also doing well. And that's enough for me to find the movie still enjoyable. It's not just a historical text for me. Mm -hmm. I think it's a good movie. I think it's fun to watch. I think you need to be maybe in the right mindset. Right. I think that goes with a lot of movies, though. True. Very true. I just think there's a lot of movies that are... We were talking last episode about how... A lot of movies, the appeal is there's no work and it's easy. You Mm -hmm. just put it on and you don't need to think about anything and you're out. And this one might, because it's something that we're not used to, it might be a little bit more work. Okay. But still, it's not a lot. You just sit there and you watch the pictures, Mm -hmm. you listen to the music. There's less stuff to follow, honestly, because you'd only get those intertitles every now and then. Oh, okay. And there's a... No speaking in it because they didn't have that ability yet. (laughs) I'm cautiously optimistic going into this. I think that's way better than I was expecting. So <laughs> I will take it. Um, I think I think this will be uh, an interesting lesson in indie film school. <laughs> yeah, it might be that. But it might also just be a lot of us going like, oh, that was really cool. Yeah. This part was fun. And we can just talk about it like we would talk about any movie. But I think there'll be things that you see and you'll be like, oh, yeah, I've seen that so many times. Uh-huh. And Rather than just falling in the line of a lot of movies that are doing the same thing, in this case, we'll be like, yeah, they're the first ones to do that. That's cool. For a lot of it. And I think following like Seven Samurais, it's fun to see where things originate. Yeah, we're getting a lot of older movies this season, but I haven't done many foreign movies. Mm -hmm. So I thought I'd finish off the season being old and foreign. Old and foreign. (laughs) The Indy Randawa story. (laughs) Well, I will put a link in the show notes to a YouTube version if you'd like to watch that. And also, you could probably find free versions on like Amazon Prime, things like that. And just go to your local library. If mm-hmm. you're in Edmonton, you can get that sweet Blu-ray Criterion. Ooh. It's the official indie way to watch movies. Blu-ray Criterions? Often. <laughs> if, if available, why if not available, get the best one? Go for it. Yeah. yeah. 
Okay, well, I'm excited to watch this movie and talk about it. And this will be the first 100-year-old movie we've talked about so Whoa, far. Whoa, so how, <laughs> how is that possible? How is that possible? Because I'm still trying to get people to listen to this. Oh, true. Okay. <laughs> Although you wouldn't know it from some of my picks. <laughs> I look forward to it. All right, well... Let's go uh, watch a 100-year-old movie. Okay, sounds good. I'm going to get some wine. Bye, everyone. (laughs) Goodbye.